So I'm here today to talk to you about open source and security. And the ultimate question of this is, do too many cooks spoil the broth? Is, does showing the source code to too many people damage the end product? My name is Nick Walker, aka Telos. I'm a second year ethical hacking and countermeasures student at Abate. Um, I'm vice president of the Linux Society. Uh, as of today, I'm acting president because Aaron's stepping down to do um, other things. Um, I'm full, at the moment, I'm a full-time Arch Linux user. I've gone through various distributions, started out with uh, Gen2, SUSE, and Fedora. Um, moved on to aptitude-based distros like Debian um, and Ubuntu, which I used for a little while. Um, and I, li I like to use lightweight distributions, so I moved towards Arch. Um, but it's still got a good package manager like Debian has. So. Those are my contact details. You can email me at there. Same for my MSN. I'm always, always, always on IRC. <laughs> no matter what, I'm always. You're right now, aren't you? Right now, on my phone, <laughs> I'm on IRC. <laughs> you think I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, always, you'll be able to contact me with the same username, uh, Telos, on Remote Exploit Forums on Freenode. Right, the aims of today are... It's recording. <laughs> the aims of today are, I want you to have an understanding of the concepts behind open source and closed source security and the two different ways of looking at um, security and software as a whole. I want you to be able to draw a comparison between the two, a uh, complete understanding of both. Um, and I want you to understand that there's, only, there's no one-size-fits-all solution to security. There's no one way about it that, that solves all the issues. If there was, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> Um, just because you paid for closed source, just because you paid good money, or even open source, just because you paid money for it, doesn't make it necessarily a better or more secure product than a free alternative. Um, I'm going to cover what security, um, the many eyes argument. This is um, what I mentioned earlier, where does opening the source to more people, showing more people the source, does it cause problems or does it bring more benefits than damage? Uh, keeping vulnerabilities secret doesn't make them disappear. Not necessarily hide, hiding the vulnerability uh, in the source doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to get brought up and found really easily. I'll go more into detail on that later. Um, also, aside from the inherent security in open source software, what is actual? What is the open source communities out there actually doing for the security field as a whole? And I'm going to summarise it all. Right, what is security? Security in the computing field, you can summarise it into five points. Confidentiality, integrity, availability, accountability and assurance. <clears throat> All the data on the system has to be secure so that only those with the authority to view it can view it. It's always, well generally, handled using accounts and privileges, uh, setting restrictions on certain user accounts so you can only access certain files, etc, etc. There's only one problem with this. There always has to be one user that can always access everything. Uh, it might be out of bounds to, to everybody but one guy, but it only takes one bug in the system, uh, in the code, to be able to compromise that account and have access to the entire system. Integrity. Data in the system always has to be 100% complete. Um, it's pointless having a piece of software that's writing certain bits to a file that it's using all the time, and then all of a sudden one day it it writes a bad bit of code and you end up getting errors in your data. This, it can happen in three different ways. You can get bad uh, data integrity using malicious altering. An attacker can inject code or abuse the way a function is used in a program to make data write to the disk wrong. 
um, accidental altering such as a transmission error over the network or a hard drive crash and programming errors as I mentioned a minute ago that result in inconsistencies in the data. Availability. Data always needs to be available on request at any one time otherwise what's the point in having the system there? You, you yeah, availability, availability is the degree to which a system is operable and, and in a committable state at any one point. So it needs to be up. Obviously, the uptime up needs to be near on 100% if it's a mission critical system. Accountability, account, accountability ties in with the uh, user accounts and privileges. If something goes wrong in a system, you need to know why or through what user error or program code it went wrong. Um, the users of a network need through um, the rules of the network need to need to be held accountable for what they can do on the on the network. They need to know that um, on a network their what they do on that network is either a monitored or they can be held accountable for causing damage to the network. Assurance. Users of the system need to be assured that reasonable measures have been taken to ensure both the security and the uptime of the system. Right, the many eyes argument. One of the key, one of the key issues of open source is that um, they argue that opening the source code to exposes uh, the source code to hackers and it makes it easier for them to find vulnerabilities in the, in the software. Um, people have got different views on it. Experts say it's better to open the source, people say it's better to close the source, and these are all top-end people who know what they're talking about, but there's two sides of the argument. People say the more people that look at and can commit to the code, the more people can hide the malicious code or find pre-existing bugs, which may lead to running your own code through the system as a hacker. Um, the other side of the argument is the more people that can see the code, it's easier to find the bugs in the system, and therefore you can stop the attacks before it's even happened. Open source practices, um, the, the, way, the way that open source um, works is purely on the community basis, you have to write cleaner code so that it's legible for other users to update um, and on its basis it has to be cleaner code in order to be um, usable by the community. Um, Makes it e which makes it easier to spot bugs and uh, makes it easier to patch issues once a bug's been found if all your code's clean and, and concise. Um, ma the majority of the arguments um, tend to lead towards that open source has the potential through, through the inherent design of cleaner code, um, more people b being able to see it. Um, it's inherently more secure than its closed source counterparts, but simply being open source does not make it a secure product. It needs to be audited and reviewed. The code needs to go be uh, go over, reviewed, patched. It needs constantly being improved. You can't just write a piece of code for a function uh, when you need it and then come back to it four years later. You need to keep constantly reviewing the code and all of the community needs to be involved with this. Um, many people argue that closing the source makes it diffi more difficult for hackers to compromise the system. It's wrong. Um, many people argue that a system with non-public non source code um, is more secure because there's less information for the attacker to work with. The attacker, attackers generally don't tend to work with source code because 
most targets don't have the source code available. So there's tools developed called fuzzers and um, automated processes that spam a program with data or certain files or different commands um, to try and knock over the system. The second the system's been knocked over, you know there's a bug in the code and you've got a possible uh, entry point for an exploit. Um, the argument's flawed, as although source code's very important when adding functionality to a program, like I say, attackers generally don't require it to find a vulnerability. It's much easier to destroy a car than to create one, for example. You can take a car and a sledgehammer, beat the crap out of it, and you've got a broken car. It's you only need one way to break it, and it takes a lot more thought to put it together. Um, attackers have many advantages over the defenders, as programmers need to ensure that all their code is secure, and the attacker only needs to find one entry hole, and it's game over. Uh, attackers tend to lead towards generic security issues that most programs have. Um, the, the more they don't go and look for a specific bug in the code. They try and lean towards generic bugs, which are like um, problems in the way that the program has been put together in the in the logic, rather than in the actual functions themselves. Sorry, that's hard to explain. <laughs> um, for example, buffer overflows and format string exploits. Those are both problems in um, the C language. It's not an actual issue in the language itself. It's the way that the language is used. Um, it t tends to cause issues unless it's really kept on top of. Um, all data input needs to be validated manually. Otherwise, you end up with these bugs. Um, attackers use these techniques to find vulnerabilities and examine the errors and standard output from the programs after trying to exploit them. So, say you're using a fuzzer to try and knock over a program. You throw random stuff at it and see what it spits out. If it spits out something unexpected, then you know you caused an issue in the program, and that's how attackers tend to go towards finding an exploit rather than going through the source code. Um, in order to carry out the exploits, the attacker doesn't need access to the source code. The, the debug output from the program itself tells the attacker everything they need to know. So the program falling over will, in, a, in, a, in essence, tell the hacker where he needs to put, uh, push the right buttons in order to make the program do what he wants. <coughs> Decompilers um, are brilliant as far as a hacker is concerned. Um, Decompilers take a compiled piece of computer code. So what you, what, as Rob, you, I don't know if you've been in Rob's talk earlier, Rob had the diagram on where he had programmer leading to some source code going through a compiler and he ended up with the end product which was on his slide some an exe file which is just a binary file. Um, decompilers can take the compiled file without the source code, you can run it through a decompiler and you can get something along the lines of the original source code. You'll never get the original source code out of it um, but you can get a generic idea of what the source code would have um, let, lent towards if you understand my uh, meaning. <coughs> Essentially, that gives, even though the software was closed source, that gives the hacker the source code, um, in essence. Um, they can use that to find various vulnerabilities if they need to, but generally that, that doesn't tend to happen. It, it's more leaning towards knocking it over with fuzzes and various automated procedures. So, like I say, if you've closed the source, and you, someone's trying to find a vulnerability in a piece of software, 
and they just decompile it, you're back to square one again. You might as well have not closed the source. You've missed out on the opportunity of having people being able to look at the source and find the bugs before they're already uh, been used. So why developers need the source code in the first place if anybody can decompile? Well, it's quite simple for an attacker to locate a vulnerability within a program, but it's really difficult for the developer to update and improve the program from the decompiled source. As most of it um, ends up coming out jumbled, for example, if you were to call a function, uh, I don't know, go to URL, for example, in a web browser, if someone typed in a, a URL, the function that's run when you hit the enter button would be go to URL. Uh, if you were to run that through a decompiler, you wouldn't get the function name out. You'd end up getting something like F24B7. And it would be a function, you see the contents of the function, but you don't know, really know what the function does unless you can follow, follow the program logic. So, it's obviously it's better to open the source and make it easy to adapt. Developers will say source code is vital for updating and improving software. Hackers will say, source code is desirable, but not required. I can find the vulnerabilities for examination and debugging of the compiled object. They don't need the source code to knock it over. End of. <coughs> Why keeping vulnerability secret doesn't make them go away? Endeavours to close the source on a program is, in essence, an endeavour to hide the uh, vulnerabilities from the hackers and, in certain cases, from the general public. Um, it's obviously... Uh, bad publicity if there's a big bug gone round um, because you've opened your source. If nobody knows the bug's there, then you'd not cause yourself any damage. Um, some companies employ this sort of idea about the whole thing and try and find the bugs themselves and patch it themselves in-house. Um, hiding the vulnerabilities might be a temporary fix to the problem, but at the end of the day, if nobody knows about the vulnerabilities, uh, uh, if eventually someone's going to fuzz your program and you end up, you're going to end up getting bit in the backside basically. Um, would you rather your vulnerability be found by the developers maintaining the program because it's open source and loads of developers can look at it or would you rather take your chances and see a possible attack? <coughs> As I said a minute ago it's a sad truth that uh, companies don't tend to fix the vulnerabilities unless it starts to cause them issues as far as profits are concerned. Uh, yeah. Another opinion uh, is that discussion of vulnerabilities leads to exploitation of them on a larger scale. For example, um, recently there's been a, a, bu a buffer, uh, not buffer overflow attack. <laughs> Um, there's been a blue screen of death. You can blue screen a death a remote a Windows machine remotely uh, with a ten-line Python script. Um, if that if that was kept under the hood, um, it wouldn't be it would it wouldn't be used that that much. But there's loads. It's been announced, and there's loads of well, what we call script kiddies going around just throwing it at everything, and it's causing some serious issues. Um, it sounds like a plausible argument. However, attackers have already found and discussed the vulnerabilities uh, using a wealth of different channels. They talk about on IRC, they talk about on forums, on um, bulletin boards. <coughs> they, um, it's not going to stop anything. At the end of the day, you're still going to get hit by the bugs. Um, such an approach um, leaves the, the defenders, defenders at a disadvantage um, because nobody can do anything to prevent the attacks. 
Right, aside from clean code, what is open source actually doing for security? Now, you've heard me talk about the inherent security in open source programs. I'm, I'm going to talk to you now about what open source communities are actually doing to help the security field as a whole. Uh, there's loads of different open source um, projects on the go. Um, the Metasploit framework is one of them. It's um, used for vulnerability, uh, automated vulnerability testing. Um, you can run it against the system, um, point it at, at any system, and you can do a scan and see whether the system is vulnerable to certain attacks. All the attacks are scripted and built in using uh, modules. I think it's in Ruby. It's in Ruby. It's Ruby. Um, so that's used by hackers and ethical hackers alike um, to test the vulnerability in um, networks. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Nessus project, similar thing, but it doesn't actually do the exploiting. It does the scans. Um, you can give it custom rules, um, and you can search for existing vulnerabilities that have been certified. Um, you can write your own um, vulnerability rules for it, and you can use it to, um, in essence, test your network for security. Uh, it's not on the source anymore. Is it not? When did they close the source on it? It's been closed for a little while, but there's the is there is there an open source fork of it yet? Yeah, there's an open vulnerability scan. Uh, it's called Open Files, I think. Right. Uh, and that's uh, basically before Nest has closed its source, they, uh, they forked and uh, made a, a version of it, so VAS. Right. I don't think um, I've got a big enough black market to screw that up. <laughs> there's also a <coughs> project by Frank White, uh, called Yeah, um, yeah, I follow Autonomous. That, uh, that makes it even easier to do vulnerability scans. Automate the entire process, there's barely yeah, any. Okay, um, Snort is an intrusion detection system. Basically, it sits between you, uh, between the internet and your machine, sometimes on a completely different machine, or sometimes on your machine as an application. Um, and it, t it, it, cap it captures the packet. <coughs> it, sniffs, it sniffs the network for all, all the information that's coming between the internet and your machine. And it scans those packets and looks at them and can detect through signature detection that a certain packet is uh, an evil packet, for example, like it would cause damage to a certain piece of software. It's, it's an intended attack. It, it scans for the intrusion. Um, most hacking tools um, are open source, such as MNAT. All, all of the really heavily used ones, you don't really get any commercial hacking tools. <coughs> Right, so it's kind of a com combination of the two yeah. open source tools. It's very, very expensive. <coughs> I'd imagine hence, it. Hence how I very, very. <laughs> right. Um, backtrack. 
is a very widely used Linux distribution for ethical hackers. Um, its, sole, sole, its sole purpose is for testing security on a network and it's completely open source. Uh, my summary. Do too many cooks spoil the broth when it comes to security? Not really. As hackers at the end of the day can always reverse engineer the source code anyway. It doesn't tend to happen that way but it's a, it's a possible way to go. Uh, it's better to have more people look at the source and audit it for bugs. Um, open source has the potential to be inherently more secure by design, but it obviously relies on the diligence of the people leading the project. You need to review your code, check your patches, don't just write a function and leave it for three years. Come back to it and keep checking your code. <coughs> Excuse me. Should code be locked down and hidden in order to hide vulnerabilities? Um, no, as it's much easier for a hacker to find an undisclosed vulnerability than it is to for a programmer to patch um, a, quite a big hole. Do open source organisations help security as a whole? Uh, yeah, in the large majority of security based projects are open source or have open source elements built into them. Any questions? Do you know, um, of course I'm sure you remember the recent Debian exploit with the uh, entropy problem? Was that with the SSH? Yes. Mm. Was was that found by um, nasty hackers? That that was at DefCon, was it not? Yeah, they got. Um, I think last year at DefCon they basically uh, used the SSH vulnerability. The problem with that SSH vulnerability is because it can hardwire into the code almost. So if you've got the packets, they they took the packets from that time. You can still apply them. Yeah. They attacked it. So what happened is like a load of packets. <coughs> They were talking at DEFCON, obviously had their packets sniffed at some point, and they managed to get their SSH passwords. And um, I remember you saying it. Basically, basically, basically took it home to the cleaners at that point. You know what I mean? All the big, big names and ethical hacking, and you know, having all their, you know, all their email contacts and nasty things said to them, and you know, lots of yeah, not so cool, but. Yeah, that's the, the random number generating thing, isn't it? That's right. Or as the comic likes to say, random pick four. <laughs> <laughs> that was random. Anybody else? Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.